Welcome. I'm Lauren Ash, and you're listening to the Black Girl in Ohm podcast. Black Girl in Ohm exists to hold and catalyze healing within Black women around the world on their unique journeys towards wholeness. We support the necessary transformation, spiritual awakening, consciousness shifts, and intergenerational healing occurring within the diaspora. This podcast is a warm embrace, soothing realness, and conscious girl talk. Come into conversation with me and our spirit-centered guests. Let the journey begin. Hey y'all, just want to remind you that enrollment is open for fall 2020. The circle is here. The Circle is our monthly membership for Black women and women of color around the world. Together, we commit to seeding radical love, gratitude, and embodied liberation. Members are also privy to discounts on soon-to-be-here BGIO products and early invitations to other BGIO initiatives. Head over to BlackGirlGnome.com for more details. Hello, everybody. I am so grateful in this moment to be kicking off season five of the Black Girl in Elm podcast. I first want to acknowledge that many of you have been tuning in, subscribing, listening to each and every conversation that we've hosted since day one. (laughs) And if that is you, Just know that I see you, I recognize you, and I am just so deeply appreciative of your presence. This podcast would not be what it is without all of our listeners, because to me, what we're cultivating at Black Girl and Ohm is an energetic and spiritual conversation. And so even though we may not have had a one-to-one conversation or exchange, I can sense and I can feel your presence and your energy, and it is to you individually and collectively that I am speaking to, that our guests are speaking to, and I see you and I honor you. I want to also acknowledge that maybe you just started tuning in, a friend or uh, a family member may have told you about the conversations that we have here, and I just want to say welcome. Season five is, to me, taking on a markedly more spiritual tone. We're going to be having conversations that speak to deeper aspects of our healing journeys as Black women, our healing journeys as women of color, our healing journeys as multifaceted spiritual beings. And I am so thrilled to be holding this space and so clearly aware in ways that I haven't been before about the importance of the conversations that we're having here, given this moment in human history, (laughs) in global history. And I really am excited to start season five with opening up about my personal journey at this moment in time, because I have discovered this year, 2020, more than ever before, the value of vulnerability, the generative nature of sharing my story as a catalyst for healing, for awakening, and for connection. I find that every time I actually share my story, I connect deeper with myself and my own truth, but also 
countless people, once I share my story, come forward and say, wow, I really connected about this, or I saw myself in these words. And so I am starting with me, but as a means of perhaps mirroring to you an aspect of your own self in this moment in time. And I just say thank you in advance. Thank you in advance for listening. Thank you in advance for being willing to go on this journey with me and with the Black Girl and Home community at large this year and beyond, this decade and beyond. It's my truth <laughs> that we all chose to come here for this moment, y'all. We all chose to step into this particular human incarnation at this precise moment in time, and that it's urgent that we all take up whatever Spirit has called for us to take up whatever our ancestors have paved the way for us to stand into with courage, with compassion, and with curiosity. With that, I think that's actually the perfect segue for me to start letting you know what's been good since you last heard from me. So before we begin, I actually invite you to get grounded. So if you're listening to this while you're, you know, running errands or working out or whatever, that's totally fine. Continue to do you. That's totally fine. But if you're able to, I actually invite you to get grounded by moving into a moment of stillness. This is just going to be about a minute. So perhaps find a comfortable position with your body seated. Perhaps just stand tall and just ground your feet down into the earth. And gently close your eyes again if you're able to, if it's safe, and take an inhale through your nose. And exhale through your mouth, make it audible. Another deep inhale, feel your heart lift, your lungs expand with that nourishing air. Relax your shoulders as you exhale. One more deep breath in and really feel into the space of the heart, perhaps even placing your hand, your palm, your left palm over the heart space, feeling your spine lengthen with that juicy breath in, and exhale. And I just invite you in this moment, this brief moment of turning inward, to set an intention opening yourself up to receive something from my story. What is it that you're open to receive in this moment? What is it perhaps in your life right now that is a challenge for you, that feels like a struggle, that feels like resistance? It could be something related to your inner world or the outer world. And perhaps set an intention to receive something to support you in that particular challenge, in that particular area of resistance right now. Breathe into that intention with a long inhale. And exhale to release that intention out into the world, into the space around you. And just trust that you will receive. Ask and ye shall receive. That is truth right there. Blink open your eyes if they're closed and just return back to this space around you from perhaps a, a greater level of awareness. All right, so where to begin? Wow. So I turned 32 in November 
of 2019. And due to a series of extremely fortunate and serendipitous events, I was in Barbados. Um, I was there speaking at a mindfulness retreat that was beautifully organized for women of Barbados and other Caribbean folk who came from other islands. And it just so happened, you know, the retreat just so happened to be on and around my birthday. So just divinely, I was able to celebrate my, my birthday in this beautiful, beautiful island. And I had been calling in greater clarity around the next steps of my life, of my journey. And I had been sensing due to a series of ways that I was being called and led to realize that I needed to re-clarify my values. If you've been journeying with me for a while, you know that I really am passionate about identifying my values, identifying the core kind of essential pillars for my life, and that I seek to stand upon these as much as possible, to center these in all the ways, much like an intention, right? And that my values inform my intentions. So at this point in November, I had actually been for some months having a series of dreams, a series of spiritual dreams that in one way or another were calling me back home. So I don't know what home kind of brings up for you when I say that word, but for me, home for quite some time has been a place of great challenge for me. My childhood was in many ways nuanced with both beauty and joy and creativity and love, but also emotional abuse and trauma. And I, when I was in my 20s, when I was in college, had had awakened to a lot of family dynamics that I wasn't able to see. Because when you're growing up, when you're young, you just take your family experience, you take those foundational experiences that you have as a young child as your norm, as what's normal, as isn't this what other people experience? And it was in college that I began to unpack and see clearly, you know, see clearly. And after college, I left home, I went immediately to grad school, came back for a year back home, and then after that year, I left home again and hadn't returned. And I think unconsciously, I was not reckoning and not being willing to reconcile and to step into an awareness about the possibilities for healing and for holding all of what I had went through as a child. So, you know, if you would have spoken to me in my mid to late 20s, into my early 30s, previous to November of 2019, when I was in Barbados reflecting on my values, I wouldn't have told you that I left home because I was in a place of avoidance or in a place of denial or in a place of not wanting to go deeper. I would have told you I'm just living my life. You know, I moved to Chicago, started Black Girl Gnome, cultivated that, grew that, moved to LA in uh, 2019. Like, I'm just living my life. But my, as I call my earthly self, was knowingly avoiding, was knowingly not being willing to go deeper and to return to go deeper. So I, again, in 2019, had just been served up a series of experiences that really showed me, Lauren, 
It's time to come home. And these dreams were really, really calling me home. I was quite literally having dreams of being in my family's kitchen, having different interactions with family members of mine. And it was the subtle but strong message of come home. So I was taking it metaphorically. So on my birthday, I, I wrote out all these intentions and, and I re-clarified my values. And, you know, much to my surprise, I named family as a value once more. When I tell you, you know, I think for most of my 20s, because of me waking up to a lot of the emotional trauma that I had experienced as a child and how that was impacting me as a young adult and showing up in my relationships, I had really, quite honestly, y'all, pushed family away. I more so stepped into this space of chosen family, of my original family wasn't able to provide for me or love for me in all the ways that I deserved. And so I'm going to create a family, you know? And I don't think that chosen family is a uh, bad term or a hurtful concept, but my truth is that when I was kind of unconsciously naming and creating this chosen family, I was, in a sense, pushing away and denying my family that birthed me and that shaped me and that molded me and not Stepping into acceptance and forgiveness and being willing to to heal. So when I named family as a value, y'all, it was like something was really writing that on the paper beyond me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like I was shocked when I when I realized that I had named family as a value for me as I was stepping into my 32nd year of life and I was stepping into 2020. The beautiful thing about my birthday <laughs> is that um, it's at the end of the year. So I really, I really am able to call in what I want for my next year of life and the next year at the same time. So I had had so many beautiful things happen on my birthday, y'all. A, a series of peacocks were quite literally circling around me on my birthday. I was in this peacock room at the resort. I just had a lot of, um, for those of you who are in tune with the Orisha and African traditional religions, um, I was like literally surrounded by Oshun energy and I just felt beautiful and I felt this sense of beauty and healing and divine feminine energy surrounding me as I was also simultaneously claiming and naming my values. So I returned back to LA um, and the rest of the year, I started to also open myself up to receive my intentions, like my my big intentions. So at the end of every year, I name a couple of big intentions that are just words, concepts, guiding principles to help shape my year. And when I say I, I name them, it's more so I open myself up to receive them. So this, this entails, you know, an act of listening, an act of receiving, an act of allowing to be an open vessel to to hear what these concepts are to be. And the concepts that I received were imagination and commitment. So imagination and commitment for 2020. And as I was naming these intentions, y'all, I was simultaneously continuing to have these dreams. And as I stepped into 2020, um, I asked my mother if she would come visit me. My mother, who lives in the Midwest, and she, you know, was able to work from home and she decided to come stay with me. And I lived in Marina del Rey, right on the ocean. It was so beautiful, y'all. And I had really set the intention for 2019, the year prior, of rest and rejuvenation. So from rest and rejuvenation in 2019 into imagination and commitment for 2020. And when my mother came to visit me, 
it was in alignment with my value of family. I named family as a value. I asked my mother to come visit me. She came to visit me. My mother <laughs> is so sweet, so kind, so compassionate. And I, at the same time, was a little nervous, right? Like, I'm asking my mother to come stay with me for a whole month. This is about to be interesting. <laughs> and that month, y'all, was so beautiful, so nourishing, so everything. It allowed me to expand also my imagination in alignment with my intention for 2020 around the possibilities of what it would mean to be in a more intentional relationship again as an adult with my mother. I hadn't lived at home or with family since I was, hmm, wow, 18, right? Like, of course, I came home to visit and things like that, but I hadn't lived at home since I had left for college um, when I was a teenager. So to share space with the mother and the feminine archetype in my family was really special. And, you know, we went on walks to the ocean together. We cooked together. I mostly cooked for her. <laughs> I love cooking and, and she loves receiving all my meals. And it was just beautiful. And that was January into February 2020, right? So while she was there, I received like more dreams. And I told her, I was like, I think I'm being called to return back home. And I haven't mentioned this, y'all. So some of you may or may not know this, depending on how you've been following my journey. But I am from Minnesota. I grew up in the Twin Cities. Um, so the St. Paul, Minneapolis area from birth to when I, when I left in my early 20s. And needless to say, it surprised me, the idea that I would even return home physically. So realizing that the dreams that I've been having for months were not just metaphorical, but were perhaps literal, right? Like, come home, child, come home. <laughs> and I was even shocked at me saying it out loud, like telling my mother, like, I think I'm going to come home. And of course, she's thrilled. She's happy. She's encouraging me. She also knows that, like, I'll do what I want to do. I've always been very free. I've always been very free-spirited. And I make and allow for things to happen in my life in ways that I think a lot of people are oftentimes surprised at. And my mother, you know, has seen this in me since I was a child. So she's not shook ever. <laughs> she's just like, you're going to do you and you're going to make it happen. And it's going to be in alignment with what you want. So the month of February, I really just opened myself up to listen. And it was so divine. Um, some of you know this, but I'm a super big enthusiast of Agape Spiritual Center. When I lived in California, I was there every Sunday and I I'd still tune in remotely on Sundays. So shout out to Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is just a phenomenal spiritual teacher and such a channel for truth. And Literally the month of February, I, I go to one of the services, and the theme was listen, listen, listen. And he tells this story in his service of a really um, what felt like tragic experience that he had where because of his refusal to listen to what spirit was clearly telling him. And from the way that he told the story, y'all, his refusal to listen was because he didn't necessarily have the tangible quote-unquote proof. Think about a time in your life, perhaps, where you received this intuitive knowing or this gut knowing or this heartfelt sense of something, but you didn't have the evidence 
so to say, in the material realm. You didn't have the proof that if I make this decision or if I don't move in this direction or if I do move in this direction, this will happen. I will be happy. I will get money. I will have a relationship. Whatever it is we tell ourselves. And because you didn't have that, you moved perhaps out of alignment and later on you discovered the why behind making that decision that you felt so clearly but didn't have the quote-unquote proof or evidence for, right? So he told a story that was quite tragic around this. And what he shared on the other side was the importance of listening without needing to know in a ego way of knowing. And I'll never forget this, y'all. He said, obedience sharpens your ability to listen. And when he spoke this, it was like a foreshadow. It was like a little spiritual breadcrumb that I received to hold on to for my journey in 2020 and beyond. So I was deeply grateful, deeply moved, and just I just was listening more, right? Simultaneous to this, I actually ended up having a beautiful conversation for the podcast, which will be coming out with Gina Breedlove, a sound healer. I cannot wait to share this episode with you, who, you know, was telling me that she had been getting woken up quite early in the morning and she was just getting up and she was listening and getting up and she was listening and that she knew that something was coming and that she was allowing herself to be open to receive it. And y'all, this is in February and we all know what happened in March, right? So I decided definitively I'm moving. I told my leasing office. I'm going to be moving. And my lease was ending on March 31st. Now, as I continued to pray, y'all, I started to receive that I was meant to move before the end of my lease. And I already said yes to moving back home against, you know, um, (laughs) against all odds. (laughs) I had already said yes to moving back. Also during like a cold time, y'all know Minnesota, okay, in the winter. Those of y'all who don't know anything about Minnesota, you know that it's cold in the winter, okay? (laughs) So it was, it was shocking to me. But when I received through my prayers and through my meditations, you're meant to move back sooner than the end of your lease. That was the one area I refused to budge in. I said, that doesn't make any sense. It makes sense for me to stay here and enjoy this beautiful place. I'm already moving back after only a year in California. Like, let me just enjoy it while I can, right? Now, here's the thing, y'all. We all remember, I think, what happened in early March. And it was the second week of March that COVID really started spreading throughout the states and We started hearing about staying at home and social distancing and only leaving for essential things. And guess who was in her apartment feeling all the feels, feeling victimized, feeling confused, and feeling punished for not listening? I was literally crying in my bedroom, just feeling all the things, all the narratives, right? All the thoughts started to emerge. I can't move back anymore. How am I going to move now? Who's going to help me? Am I going to get this virus? Am I going to compromise other people for this virus? <laughs> like all the things. And I was just so, the word that just keeps coming up is victim. I was, I immediately jumped into victimhood around this is happening to me. Life is happening to me. The circumstance is happening to me. And I, you know, obviously started to feel like, okay, this is why I was being encouraged by spirit, by my ancestors, by the creator to move back 
sooner and I did not listen. And the thing is, the most amazing thing, one of the most amazing things about life is that we always have choice. Even when we feel like we do not, we always have choice. And so I serendipitously received a text message from someone who's been a a dear spiritual presence in my life, Reverend Lola Wright. She was someone who was holding space for a spiritual community in Chicago during my five, six years that I lived in Chicago. And um, she and I, the month before, had actually seen each other at Agape Spiritual Center when she was visiting. And she had made a point to tell me, she was like, I'm about to fly out tomorrow, but I'll be back to help my daughter move. We should meet up. So in the midst of my sadness, in the midst of my darkest place and victimhood, Lola texts me and she says, hey, Lauren, or excuse me, I texted Lola, remembering that she was um, supposed to be in town around that time moving her daughter. And I said, okay, maybe she can help me move because I don't know who else is going to help me move because everyone's being encouraged to stay at home. There's this virus that's spreading, etc. And I texted her asking her if she was around and if she could help me move. And she said that she actually wasn't around anymore, that she and her daughter had already made their way back up to the Midwest, but that if I needed anything to let her know. One of the most profound things that we are gifted in life is the opportunity to let people know what we need, the opportunity to clarify our own needs and to express those and admit those and name those for ourselves and give ourselves the permission to to have our needs be met, whether it's from ourselves or from another source. And as Black women, I'll speak for myself, as a Black woman, I know that I have been conditioned so much to deny my needs, deny my desires, um, to neglect myself, to think that I'm not worthy or deserving of the things that I need. And so it took a lot out of me all but to let her know that, yes, I did have needs and I asked her if she could hop on the phone. So we got on the phone and she asked me what I needed and I told her. And, you know, as you can imagine, a cross-country move during a pandemic expedited from three weeks to immediate as soon as possible, SOS, send help, send this plane, (laughs) get these movers here, rearrange the mover, like all the things. There was financial resources that I needed that I hadn't planned for couldn't have planned for. (laughs) I had um, just support on the ground. Like I needed, I didn't have a car. I needed someone to like bring me to Home Depot and like get the boxes together and like pack the things and clean the apartment, all the things. Like those of you who have moved cross country, you know how demanding it can be energetically. And I was just one of me. It was just one of me, right? So she asked me what I need. I lead with the money. I lead with the support. And, you know, the earthly me, the ego was like, expecting, okay, she's going to give it to me or she's going to help me or whatever. You know what she offered to do in that moment? She offered to pray. And she prayed in the style that I now pray, which I'm just so grateful, again, for the agape community that has really modeled this for me from day one, which is affirmative prayer. It's not a prayer of lack. It's not a prayer of God, please give me this. It's a prayer of God, open my eyes to the abundance that is already here for me. God, open my eyes to the support, the divine support and divine resource and divine help that is here for me. It's acknowledging that at every single moment that we breathe and that we are in this human incarnation, we have access to every single thing that we think that we need. 
and that anything that we think that we need that we are not seeing shows the potential that is just waiting to be awakened within us, period. So she prayed for me in that style, and on the other side of it, I felt so motivated to just allow, to simply receive, to allow for my needs to be met, and to move in alignment with the truth that I have been journeying with since 2017, which is that I am unconditionally loved and supported. I am unconditionally loved and supported. If that is my intention, my focus, my task, my only job is to actively move in alignment with that in every single way. I am unconditionally loved and supported means allowing for people around me, community around me to know what I need and to trust that they or someone else will support me. If I am unconditionally loved and supported, it does not mean staying in a low vibrational state of sadness, of victimhood, of woe is me, I can't believe I didn't listen, shaming myself, staying in a sense of guilt around not listening to the prayers, to the insights that I received during meditations, to the dreams. No, it means remembering who I am. It means returning to myself. It means stepping into my divine wholeness. So I got off the phone with her and miracles started happening. I received a message from a new friend of mine. His name is Sankofa. And he asked me, er, how are you doing? He said something like, how are you doing? You know, because again, COVID's popping off. We don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> He's like, how are you doing? And we had actually been at a Moses Sumney concert the week before, which I should talk about that in a future episode, but I had a very divine moment with Moses Sumney and at the Moses Sumney concert, which also was a divine preparation for this season that I was about to enter into. And it was a divine blessing over my life for this transition that I was about to enter into. And um, Sankofa asked me what I needed. And after he said, how are you? I said, I, you know, I'm kind of going through it. I have to move. I have to expedite this move. And I need someone to come bring me to, you know, the store so I can get boxes, help me pack, help me clean. Like I listed out all my needs because I had been able to step into clarity around what I needed. That clarity around what you need is everything, y'all. And trusting that when you tell people your needs, they'll be met and they won't necessarily be met by the person that you're articulating to, but you're signaling to God, you're signaling to the universe, you're signaling to all of your guides in your life and your highest self that you know what you need and you're willing to receive it. So he said, okay, let me check in. And he checked in with his partner and she came and supported me. And it's so funny because his partner, Rebecca, Rebecca and I had been friends for a minute and I had gone to her yoga classes. Like we'd been cool, you know, like I, I consider both of them as like people that like are just really sweet energy, really intentional beings, I would call them, but I didn't really know them that well. So to me, it was kind of like odd, like, wow, these, these people are like willing to help me right now. And like, I just didn't expect it. Right. I've learned to receive the unimaginable. I've learned to accept miracles as a part of everyday life. I've learned to just allow myself to be surprised by the ways that the divine wants to bless me. So Rebecca comes through, I think that same day, y'all, we go to the 
Home Depot. We get all the boxes. We get all the tape. We come back. She helps me. It was such a blessing. And Sankofa makes a, a point to mention that he had a truck and that if I needed, you know, to drop anything off anywhere, um, that he would extend himself. And that whole next week, y'all, I was being surprised left and right by moments just like that. People that I have been cool with, not my besties, not like people that I consider my chosen family, but like just blessings upon blessings in the in the embodiment of people who offered to help me expedite my move in a matter of, I think, like three or four days <laughs> when I was planning on moving at the end of the month. This required so much, but it all stemmed back to my intention for 2020, imagination. Was I allowing myself to move from a place of imagination of anything is possible rather than a fear? Fear and anxiety, y'all, which is running rampant in this world right now, grips the imagination. Fear and anxiety kind of squeezes out the life force energy that we are all inherently gifted and blessed with the ability to receive and hone and express. So... You know, it's a part of our mission statement now at Black Girl Gnome, too, that we are here to expand the consciousness of Black women. Our consciousness needs to be fiercely protected and fiercely honored as divine and as sacred. And when we allow ourselves to be inundated by fear, by anxiety, by worry, by doubt, that is like taking <laughs> a hammer over and over and over to this divine entity, and it's not conducive for our imaginative possibilities. And it also required me to return to alignment with my intention of commitment. Again, y'all, in 2019, I didn't know what imagination and commitment were going to have to do with 2020. I just trusted it. I received it. I said yes to it. And here it was showing up. Here it was showing up. I had to be committed to my truth of I am unconditionally loved and supported. Let people know what you need, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why did a friend of mine fly in from Europe that very week that I hadn't seen in, wow, I don't even know how long. And he came through and he helped me. Like so many divine moments like that. And I found myself with my empty apartment I let Sankofa know that I needed a ride to the airport because he had offered his truck. And I don't know if y'all know what Sankofa means, but it's an Adinkra symbol within West African culture. And the Adinkra carry these messages that are soul medicine for us as folk of the diaspora. And for me, I had been specifically told actually by Gina Breedlove, the sound healer that I mentioned earlier, on a retreat the year prior with Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, Gina told me that I was to deepen into the Adinkra and that there was some soul medicine there for me. So Sankofa is the bird that is looking back as its body is moving forward. And Sankofa is all about returning back to go get it about returning back to origin, to the root, um, and that in returning back, you can expand more beautifully, more fully, more wholly. And so how profound was it that this new friend of mine, Sankofa, drove me to the airport to return home, like divine. And as he drove me, 
why did he start playing Bill Withers' Lovely Day? When I was a little girl, six or seven years old, I have vivid memories of (laughs) cleaning, you know, with my family on Sundays, playing Lovely Day by Bill Withers on repeat, dancing around, singing my heart out. You know how it's like, a lovely day. And he like holds it for a long time. Y'all, I would like hold that note (laughs) until I like was red in the face and had no breath in me. (laughs) I loved singing that song. And again, pandemic, y'all, as the world is raging, as the news is telling us all the crazy things, as we're being encouraged to social distance. This is also the beginning of the pandemic. So the grocery stores were still chaos. Like, I remember seeing the worst of humanity in this week. But in this moment of home going, in this moment of driving to the airport, in this moment of me allowing myself to divinely receive, which is my birthright, I was being nourished by someone who quite literally was embodying what it means to go back home and go get it. And I didn't even know what it was going to be yet, but I was open to receive. I was moving in alignment and I had gotten off course, right? I had gotten out of alignment. I was in that place of victimhood. I was in that place of why me? I was in this place of, I should have listened, like being down on myself, feeling guilty, feeling shame. But I had allowed myself to return And in that, I was being divinely assisted in my physical return and my spiritual return home. So many more miracles happened. I, for example, had a layover in Denver. When I got on the plane, though, from L.A. to Denver, I felt it on my spirit to text a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Andre. I have a very spiritual connection with this friend. And I texted him, letting him know. I just felt it on my spirit, I think, to just let him know that I was going back home and that I wanted to connect and that I was traveling that day. He was like, I'm traveling too. I'm at the Denver airport. I said, God is good. (laughs) So I got in that flight. We ended up meeting up, and it was just so divine. Again, while the world was raging, there were moments of peace. There were moments of love. There were moments of connection. There were moments of divinity, and that is the case today and every day as it was on this day that I'm speaking about to you. And there's so much for me to continue to share, and I will continue to do so. I'll continue to share these solo episodes and be vulnerable and share more about my healing journey. But what I want to really express right now is that this year, while in the material world, in the world that is visible to our human eyes around us, has represented so much chaos, so much grief, so much hardship, that we are in the midst of a divine shift, a divine awakening of so many paradigms and systems and old ways of doing that never served us never served us as Black women, never served us as members of the diaspora, that never served us as spiritual beings. Apart from our identities, y'all, these identities, these personalities, these particular human bodies that we are experiencing right now are only tools for us to express our purpose from a place of greater awareness and intention. So I am Lauren. I am Black, I am woman, I am 32, I am from Minnesota, etc. But slash and, I am spirit 
first and foremost. I am pure awareness. I am God consciousness revealed in, as, and through me, period. And I am meant to reveal that through my life, through my work, through my relationships. And returning home, I'm sure some of you have kind of anticipated me talking about this, but returning home just a little bit before George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, in and around where I lived for the first 20-some years of my life, wow, I was called back home to be around literally the catalyzing energy of what we now know and refer to as the uprising, as the unrest, as the awakening of, of racism, white supremacy, all these paradigms, all these systems of oppression that never have served us and have never served anybody, to be quite honest. They've served interests, they've served ego and power, but they have been sickening and poisoning and polluting even those who have been enforcing those systems spiritually above all else. And I returned home for the family healing That was my main intention. Um, Literally the night before that flight back home, I had a series of dreams (laughs) that were quite profound and spoke to me about the healing that I would be doing with my family, which meant that as I've since discovered is the healing that I would be doing within myself. So I'm going to be sharing more about what my journey has been revealing to me since then. But I really just want to affirm for all of you in this moment that you are not your disempowering thoughts. It is very, very easy for us, especially now, especially if we're plugged into the news cycle, the popular discourse around this moment in time. It's very easy to feel fear, to feel worry, to feel incessant anxiety, to feel incessant depression. And right now, I just want to affirm that if you've been feeling any of those, whether in waves or consistently, I want to affirm you in those feelings because those feelings make sense given all the circumstances, point blank, period. Most of us have been ingesting more secondhand trauma, direct trauma than ever before, and it stays within the body until we release it. Um, and throughout the rest of this season at Black Girl and Ohm, season five, we're going to be deepening into so many different rituals, so many different tools, so many different ways of being, consciousness, ways of relating to ourselves, one another, so that we can reclaim who we are, so that we can reclaim our bodies, we can reclaim our minds, And we can always remember that we are here on purpose, and our purpose is not to be in fear. Our purpose is not to be navigating from a place of life is happening to me, life is against me, how am I going to X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. We are meant to always, always be existing within a realm of love, unlimited possibility, healing and wholeness. And now, especially now, it is here for you. 
If you have not yet stepped into it, it is waiting for you. It is ready for you. And I'm just so thrilled and so grateful to be able to hold space for all of you around this journey. And I cannot wait to deepen into these conversations and to share these conversations with these phenomenal, phenomenal guests. We're talking about it all, okay? We're talking about everything that it is that we need to be rising up into this year and beyond. So in this moment, close your eyes if it's safe, (laughs) if you're not moving around, driving, etc., Close your eyes. Just notice now how you feel. Place your left hand over your heart. Take a deep breath into the heart space. And exhale. And as you feel into the heart space, just notice what are you sitting with right now? What came up for you? What did you connect with? What maybe triggered you? Simply observing and noticing. And soften your body as you notice. Giving yourself permission to relax. Giving yourself permission to pause. I'd like for you to ask yourself, what is it that I'm most curious about given what I just heard? What is it that I might open myself up to hear and listen more about moving forward? What is it that I'm willing to embody in my own journey moving forward? Take an inhale. And release. Here's the thing about willingness, y'all. It doesn't require effort on your part. Simply Being willing allows for a divine and powerful presence to swoop in and support. Here's the thing about curiosity. My truth is that your curiosities and your willingness to deepen into what you're curious about always leads to growth, always leads to awakening. And the triggers, anything that may have triggered you, always points to your healing. Because it points to your wounds. And allowing yourself to name and notice your wounds always will be met with support. And always will lead to your healing. Take an inhale. And exhale. Open up your eyes if they're closed. There's so much more to say, and we will continue this conversation. I will be opening up more about my personal journey as it relates to my own healing, healing within my family, and all of the divine ways that returning back home 
has led to me being able to stand more within my purpose than ever before. There are some exciting things to share with you all about ways that Black Girl and Ohm even is expanding because of my willingness to be obedient and to listen and to move in alignment to protect my imagination, to remain committed to my values, my intentions. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you were moved by in this conversation, what triggered you in this conversation. I want to hear what you're curious about at this moment in your journey, what you're healing within your life. So send an email over to podcast at blackgirlinohm.com and we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to share a little bit about what it is that I received from some of you in the next episodes. And I just cannot wait. I cannot wait. (laughs) But at the same time, all things in divine time. So blessings to all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for receiving. Thank you so much for saying yes to your own purpose in this moment, whatever it is. And just know, regardless of what is happening in your life, you're still on time. Regardless of how you feel about where you're at in your healing journey, you're right on time. And so it is. I affirm that you discover this conversation in divine time and that you'll activate any of the insights that resonated with you powerfully moving forward. Now, at Black Girl and Home, we're all about gratitude. So special thanks to our audio engineer, India Jordan, for adding your magic. Khalid B for your original music. Valerie Titus Glover and Rosalind Davis for your support in the production of this episode. And thank you, yes you, <laughs> for listening to the show. Y'all, Black Girl and Home is here for you. We're actively rewriting the narrative of what well-being looks like to ourselves and in our communities. To get more involved and to learn more about us, head to blackgirlandohm.com and join our newsletter while you're at it. If you do, you'll get an exclusive and free download of a meditation led by yours truly for Black women and girls everywhere. Are you also deepening into your journey of wholeness and healing with us on social? Follow us at Black Girl and Ohm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What we're about here is real sustained impact. If you're influenced by something that you heard on our podcast and want to support, you can make a contribution today by heading to blackgirlinohm.com slash support. All right, y'all, breathe easy.